0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Neil Lennon's warning against dangerous rhetoric used in fan protests And believes the statement backing him will settle everyone down Stephen Gerrard confirms the likes of Bongani Zungu will start for Rangers at Lake Poznan tomorrow And St Mirren and Kilmarnock are appealing against Covid sanctions handed out by the SPFL I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi Yeah, Gordon, two big games in Europe uh, tomorrow night Rangers want to get a result that will see them top the group ahead of Benfica But if they don't They'll still through anyway The last 32 For Celtic it's a dead rubber But they need to try and get a performance um, Against uh, Lille But the big games are on Sunday The league is what it's all about And for Celtic At home to Marnock And Rangers uh, Away to Dundee United Two massive games with Rangers a staggering 13 points ahead just now uh, Andy you joined us last on Sunday afternoon A quite incredible Sunday afternoon And it sort of just Rolled on from there Yeah exactly uh, you know, I was pretty speechless last Sunday what had, uh, what had occurred and, and the calls that followed and it followed it up with another another very, very surprising weekend. And yeah, co- co- uh, carbon copy last week with, with mountain pressure on Celtic certainly doesn't have the feeling of a dead rubber. But on the other side of the city, it's a chance for Rangers to secure top spot in the group. 0141-951-1025. That is the number you need to have your say tonight. So don't hang around. Let us know what is on your mind. And of course, Twitter, you'll find us at Clyde SSB. Mark, these are... Dramatic times in Scottish football This week alone on Clyde One Super Scoreboard I've heard the following phrases Celtic does unite I never thought I would hear that ever in my life on the show We've had people cancelling their holidays to Santa Ponza Because the 10 in a row celebrations are at risk We've had people almost bringing up their dinner Because Celtic have issued a statement backing Neil Lennon Football has that effect on people in this part of the world It does, you know, the Celtic fans have had fantastic success Particularly the past uh, three years, but you know, obviously nine titles in a row on that. They have faced tough times, you know, during this nine in a row run. There was a real rocky patch um, um, when Ronnie Dyler was in charge, and it was clear that he wasn't the man to take uh, Celtic forward. And that's when Celtic got, got to get Brendan um, Rogers in. But um, I, th- I would imagine, Gordon, you, you do the show every night, but going by the way that, that Rangers. Collapsed last season Then the league being handed out to, to Celtic With games to go I think that, that most Celtic fans I'd imagine probably 90% And I think probably 9 out of the 10 of the pundits We we, we all tipped Celtic to win the league I think they thought it's been a bit of a formality And what's happened in the past 5 or 6 weeks Has been a real wake up call And totally unexpected And we'll get into Rangers in a bit more detail very soon Andy, Stephen Gerrard's done his press recently And we'll bring you everything he had to say That idea of of, of winning the group How much of a priority will that be? They're obviously through already How how much added um, incentive is there to go and win the group? I think it's of of huge importance I mean you look at some of the names that, That could potentially fall down from the Champions League And I think Rangers have got to have a real Got to have a real ambition and try to go into the latter stage of these competitions. I imagine uh, they managed, sorry, to get to to the was it quarterfinals last year against Bayer Leverkusen, came up against a very good side. Uh, but with Rangers being stronger this year, they've got to fancy their chances to try and go one further. It's obviously going to be difficult. Uh, they'll, they'll certainly have to have the luck of the draw, like I said, with some of the names coming down um, from the Champions League. But securing top spot allows you to avoid that in the first knockout round. So I can't see 
wholesome changes going into the game tomorrow. Okay, Rangers fans, that's one for you, I'm sure. Let's kick off with Neil Lennon, though. Celtic fans, here's what he had to say at his press conference this afternoon. Have a listen and tell us what you make of it. 01419511025. He believes protests outside the stadium are going too far. Uh, there was one banner in particular saying shoot the board, which appeared outside Celtic Park. Um, and Neil Lennon says it has to end. It is dangerous rhetoric. And again, I will say, look, we all want the same thing. You know, those fans want success. The majority of our fans want success. And the players and, and everyone here are wanting the same thing. So we don't want any divisions. I understand the frustrations. The players are feeling that as well. But, um, you know, we don't like that sort of language or expression anywhere near the football stadium. It serves no purpose, really. It's a cultural thing at the minute. I think it's, you know, it's a societal thing. It's a modern day thing. Um, it's, not, it's not what we want. It doesn't, you know, serve any purpose. It certainly doesn't inspire anyone at the club to, you know, achieve great things. We all want unity. We have got that certainly from the football side of things and we just want the supporters to get behind and really support the team, especially when they need it. You know, and that's what the Celtic fans do and they have done for, 20, you know, as long as I've been here and, and years before, whenever things have got tough, they've gone the other way and got right behind the team. So that's what we're looking for at the minute. Um, Neil Lennon references previous times where everyone's managed to, to get behind the team. Mark, these feel like very different times, do they not? Yeah, they do, and, and obviously you know there's a difficult uh, gauge in terms of there's no fans um, inside the stadium. Um, you know, I was there, I was at the Celtic St Johnson game on Sunday, so like all football stadiums, now, it, it, it's strange, a strange atmosphere inside uh, Celtic Park just now. But um, Neil Lane, I can, I can totally see where he's coming from in terms of the banners and some of the stuff against. But I, I do think it's some it's been bang out of order. It really has, and just as a human being. You've got to feel for them. You've got to feel for anybody who's been put in that kind of position, who's had to put up with that kind of vitriol for him, his family, uh, other people. So it's not right. As the manager of Celtic, I think, yes, there's every right for supporters to be concerned. There's every right that we debate uh, the statement on Monday night coming out again. But um, on a human level, it, it's gone way, way over, way, way over the top. 01419511025 What do you think? The board's given Neil Lennon a vote of confidence Vowing to stick by him um, Lennon says it won't take much in his mind To get back on track But what do you think? There's a few of them maybe suffering a little bit You know, just because of The pressure that they're under There's been no respite for them this season at all um, Just because of what they've achieved in the, in the past Has brought this to this moment in 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 their careers where they're going for something that's never been done before, um, and maybe sometimes that can override what they're actually trying to do on a daily basis, i.e., train, improve, improve performances. So we try and take that pressure away from them as much as we can, um, and just to ease their minds and relax them before they go out there. I don't want to make too big an issue of it because we're dominating the games in terms of possession. In terms of chances, we will sort of get a full all-round performance, hopefully sooner rather than later, and and then our consistency should kick in like almost muscle memory. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've been on here and I've I've given vocal support towards Neil Lennon. Uh, I think that he'll certainly feel himself of us. He, uh, he can be the man to turn the turn this form around. And I mean, going into the game tomorrow, two wins in twelve, a, a team of Celtic's yeah, quality is unthinkable. But 
I just don't agree with the fact that they're, they're dominating games and they're, they're creating numerous chances. I just don't see that. And I think with a team with this quality, I think that they can and they, they will arguably turn that around soon and play much better. But I mean, certainly going off the back of the two performances that I've watched over the last two Sundays, I, I, I disagree with his comments. Okay, let's get stuck in. 01419511025. What do you make of everything that's going on at the moment? Brian is first up. Take us away, Brian. Right, guys. I've been listening to the show. I've been actually been trying to get on. I fully agree with some of the rhetoric that Celtic fans are coming out with. I absolutely abhor some other stuff. We are not always going to be the team that goes out and whacks Rangers 5-1, that whacks this one and wins trebles and wins cups. And, and, and last year they've done no bad job in Europe. Right now we're going through one of the worst periods that we've had since 10 years, right? And that in itself is a quarter of the season that's 12 games where, I mean, it's rank rotten. And that is the only way to put it. But I absolutely cannot stand the fact that people who wear the green and white hoops and wear the, the, wear the crest on their heart Shout and swear and, and, and throw things at Celtic Park when there's a time when there's a time that just know that long ago there was throngs of them. You know, like when we won the treble season, the double treble season, and that you couldn't get a, a seat in, you couldn't get a, a, a seat in the street. Sorry, I'm getting a wee bit excited here. Sorry. Just so, you take a breath, Brian. Is, Calm down. You're fine. Plenty I am, of time. I'm taking a breath. What I want to take a breath is and say The team need us Right now The team need us Celtic, Glasgow Celtic need us Need us to be together Pull together Get back into uh, You know like the, the team maybe Aren't as good as what we thought they were the, 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 the manager that left He left for a reason Maybe that is apparent now His reasons weren't just today with money it could be done, but there is nothing going to be solved by causing bother outside the stadium, by shouting and swearing, and, and, and I know the circumstances, and I'm speaking to these Celtic supporters, because I know Celtic supporters that don't go on this show, who say, well, remember when we were there in the 90s? Remember when we were getting pumped daft off this year and that year, and Rangers were running away with nine in a row, and Celtic, the death and the crest all cracked and all that? Well, we came through that and we came better again. And we went, to, we went into a, a situation where the club actually moved forward. Now, maybe these young people, and I'm not saying it's young people because there is older people there that were there that night as well. These people who have become drunk on the success that we've had need to sober up. Rangers have got better. Live with it. We will get better again. Enjoy that days Because the dark days That are here the new Are all the brighter When we become best again What did you make of This week's developments Mark Guidi You saw Celtic up close For the first time in a while You said at the weekend What did you What did you make of them And and then The events that have followed With again People outside the stadium And then with that Massive statement made By the Celtic board On Monday evening yeah, well, they're certainly you know watched them they're, they're a team that's fragile that's for sure um, they created you know three or four good chances and they're clapped a couple of good saves credit to St Johnson they played um, ever so well um, too you've got to take that into account same with Ross County um, the week before with, with, with a game plan 
Um, but yeah, you, you, you know, Celtic supporters and, and probably looking at the Celtic players and, and management, they're kind of turning up now whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday. And there's not that level of expectancy to win anymore. And that's a concern. Whereas Rangers are steamrolling um, towards the, the title because they're playing well, they're full of confidence, they're well drilled. But I want to go back to something that, that I, I said in the show many, many times. And at the end of Ronnie Dyla's tenure when, when, when Celtic were looking for a new manager, what was that, 2016? Mm-hmm. Andy. Yeah. And uh, the most important guy at a football club should be the football manager. And Celtic had that under Brendan Rodgers, the most successful spell in a long time. But in the past decade, when he had that in his first season, what Celtic achieved, I think you look at Rangers, who's the most important guy at Rangers Football Club? The manager. And Andy's worked in there, so Andy will know better than me. But it looks that way from the outside. Is that the way it is on the inside? Yeah. Celtic need to get back to that. Whether it's with Neil Lennon or the next manager, the football manager needs to be the most important guy at the football club. And that might be missing just now. Alright, thank you very much to Brian for kicking us off 0141 Let's bring in Daniel in the Gorbals and see what his take is Hi Daniel Hi, how you doing? L- listen guys, before I go into it like, I- All I have to say is I don't think it's all Neil Lennon's fault You can blame the players for their part and You can blame the board for their selections or whatever else However, this is a team of players that's won nine leagues in a row This is a board that's seen our most successful decade for a long time like Maybe ever To go from what we are then to what we are now that's day and night and something's been happening and it, it, it's taken this team which has dominated Scottish football for nine years to a team that's dropped points in four out of five of our last league games a Celtic team with the calibre of players that we have shouldn't be dropping points in the way that, that we are at the moment but every so often fine but but not not four out of five games no way and what I think's changed is, is I honestly think it's the psychology and I pin that most on the on Neil Lennon and his inability to manage that properly. After we went out of the Champions League, I remember Neil Lennon saying that certain players don't want to be here, they should leave. After the Rangers game, he came out to the press and he said that certain individuals went on the ball mentally. We've all seen wee examples of this over the course of the season. We disguise singling out. And one thing I remember about Brendan Rodgers, very successful ma- manager, was that he talked about the team like being a collective. I remember Tom Rodgers at the time, at the end of his first, uh, Tom, uh, at the end of Rodgers' first season. I remember him saying that he thought that's why we'd been so successful. And I think the lack of that and, and Lennon's failure to maintain that is the problem here. The evidence for it you can see all over the pitch. When we lose goals, it's players all standing around pointing and looking at each other. Blame game, your fault. And it's a hard thing to build up a collective team spirit. We had that. But I think it's been ripped out of the team in the last three months. The manager sets the example, and if, if Lennon isn't able to see the effect of his attitude upon the squad, then I don't think he should be the manager of this club. I, mean, it's, I think it's as simple as that. Mark Goody, what do you make of Daniel's take on the situation? Um, I mean, you know the, the the psychology aspect and, and things. But you know, one thing I probably you know feel for for um, for Neil Lennon is. It's hard for any manager to, to, to be compared to, to Brendan Rodgers because he's a cut above. Let's be honest, he's he's a fantastic uh, manager. That the standards that he set, set the success that he, he, he brought, and then he decided to go. And a lot of you know Celtic fans were, were raging with him, and still a. I said at the time, um, Gordon, I didn't have a, a problem with it. If the guy wanted to move on, he was within his rights to do so, and and Celtic um, accepted the, uh, the the compensation fee for him. For him and uh, off he went with his backroom staff. So Neil Lennon is always going to have a, a tough job, and it is up to the manager to get the best out of the players. Daniel's absolutely right. Um, 
about that But having watched the players on, on television Being there on Sunday There is no doubt that it just looks as though You know, some players have Whether they've switched off They're not caring as much The, the, the standards have fallen clearly um, And one guy who's had a lot of criticism And he's getting subbed in most games Is Scott Brown But I'll tell you one thing I'm watching the flesh He's not the worst player He's still trying He might not be the Scott Brown of three years ago Times I'd be caught up with him What he's put his body through But for Celtic fans to be singling out Scott Brown um, Is totally uh, unfair That's for sure Andy when you look at that Celtic midfield At the moment Though some people might be To be fair They might be personally blaming Scott Brown But is there not another debate Another question Not about him personally Or individually But about his role And about the, the way the midfield functions Rather than pinning on him And blaming him People are looking at the overall Functionality of that yeah, midfield in yeah, question. Yeah, but Gordon's role's not changed since it did last year when they were winning nearly every week. So, yeah, I've got to agree with Mark. I think that I think it's a distaste that that someone like Scott Brown, the the servant, he's been for the football club. And listen, it, it's not as if he's been circled by people that are on form every single week, and he's he's the only one that's not obviously playing his to the standard that he's set at the football club over the past few years. But uh, I, I I just need I, I just look at it and I think that Celtic's match winners must do more. They must do more. And they're playing with a back five and a back three. I don't think there's any doubt they have to do more. I think fundamentally Celtic have to get back to the basics and have to do the basics better and do the basics well. You can't concede. It doesn't matter what team you play against. If you're conceding an average of two goals a game over the last 11 games, you probably don't deserve to mm. win football games. And uh, listen, I make no apology for comparing it to the other side of the city, a team that's conceded three league goals. That's why they're 13 points ahead. And I've got... Once once you take care of what's happening at the back, and you if you're going to every game knowing that you're probably going to keep a clean sheet, first and foremost, of course, and obviously you're not going to lose any games. But second of all, with the quality Celtic have got, you're going to expect them to score goals. Uh, Daniel Neil Lennon said today he felt the the statement from the board backing him on Monday would calm everybody down, if you like, and, and get everyone sort of back on the the track. He says that it certainly had that effect on the players. Has it had that effect on you? So I, I don't think so. I mean, I understand. I understand that they had to come out and let the fans know sort of what's going on. But you know, if, if this if this run of form keeps going, you, you're not going to see you're not going to see fans that you, you know we're not just going to put up with that until the until the, the game rolls around at the end of the year. Like there's no there's no way that there's no way that it should be like that. As I say, the, with the players we have, it shouldn't we shouldn't have this this form, and it's something else has to change. And I, I think fans become more and more annoyed if that was to continue. Yeah, what about the, the notion then that progress will be reviewed in the new year? How, how does that sit with you? How how will you approach the next? I can't remember exactly how many games um, come before then, but how are you feeling about this period coming up? Well, well that's the thing. I suppose you're not at the stadium. You can't you can't voice you can't really voice your opinion to the same extent as you might have been able to in the past. And if that's if that's the way that the board want to go about it, at the end of the day, we'll have to put up with it. But if it keeps going like this, I mean, the, the league's—I'd say the league's probably over. And if it keeps, and if we keep on like this until the end, there, there's no point in waiting. To, there's no point in waiting until the end of the year because if it's going to keep on like this, that's it. You know, it's only going to get worse. Okay, Daniel and the Gorbals, thank you very much. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Neil Lennon's talking about changes for the game in Europe tomorrow. Find out what they are next. Oh. 
number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Mark Greedy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard I've got no idea what that rogue piece of music was playing in the background but that's fine that's the beauty of live radio 01419511025 that is the number you need to have your say and if you'd rather tweet you can do that as well at Clyde SSB now Frank is a Celtic fan in Mary Hill what's on your mind tonight Frank? Hello Gordon uh, and guys in the studio there. Um, Gordon, can I make a wee kind of uninterrupted, I'm sorry to ask, I'd be grateful if you could, three or four minutes just to talk to a certain element of your support. Three or four minutes, Frank? Try and condense it, go. Well, you know, I never ever thought I'd phone up a radio station and have a go at Celtic supporters. It's just knowing my makeup. And I've been on defending Celtic supporters probably all my life at any time as a phone-in. What we're facing now, in my book, Gordon, is the most disgraceful piece of behaviour by a certain element of Celtic support who should completely hold their heads in shame. I love Celtic to the core. And Celtic, for me, aren't defined by 1967 or winning nine in a row twice and all the great nights and victories. They are defined by that, but it's not the most important thing to me. The most important thing has always been my pride and my love of the Celtic support, who to me are the greatest supporters in the world. What we're under attack from now is certain elements who don't know how to behave as Celtic fans, don't know how to conduct themselves as Celtic fans, who in the last 10 days have made my heart sink so deep because of this self-centred, selfish, sometimes violent behaviour, alien to Celtic supporters. Maybe it's privy to another club in the city, but no, my beloved Celtic. And what I'm witnessing and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is completely un-Celtic behaviour. Gordon and any, any Celtic fans that are listening... We've got to get a grip here. We're under pressure in terms of football results. Big blinking deal. But what we're under pressure from is people who simply want to change the very narrative of what a Celtic supporter is. We're a decent, good people who have values, who have standards of behaviour. You know, when you look across Europe, the fantastic bridges we've built over the decades the awards we've won from FIFA, UEFA, call it what you like. These are under attack. And I want to address a certain group called the Green Brigade, who have been on this show applauding. I've gave them plaudits for their 90-minute non-stop support of the club, for their social element, what they do. But what they've done in the last 10 days has sickened me. Absolutely sickened me. This manager we have has stood with Celtic shoulder to shoulder for 20 years. Just think of that. Two decades. Whereby he's received the most vile, disgusting, disgraceful racial abuse, religious abuse, and abuse simply because he's a Celtic man and wears his heart in his sleeve. And he stood by the club when he was well warranted to walk away, getting bombs sent for Rangers fans, by getting abused in the street, attacked in the street, 
attacked at football matches in front of television. Right, Frank, I think we're we're getting a wee bit off on a tangent. I'm sure you won't mind me saying I did I did say I would try my best to let you go, but I think that might be the three, four or fifteen minutes uh that we've passed. Um I, I think I get the gist of of what was going on. Mark there's now a, a seem it seems based on Frank's call that there's a bit of a a bit of a divide between Celtic fans in terms of how they think they should approach this and how they think they should voice their opinions. Yeah, well, Frank's uh, not impressed by a, a certain uh, section of Celtic supporters, and and, and he's he's uh, he's quite right. I mean, I think any you know decent human being would, would share uh, that point of view. Um, but I mean, you know, Frank wants to actually just speak about the football and on the part and what's happening in terms of Neil Lennon and the players and the results and you know what's happening at the top of the table. Then you know. I'd like to hear his his view on that because we've we've heard three or four minutes now of the of the off the field stuff. Yeah, I mean, Frank, where is the where's the sort of line? A couple of questions. How do you voice your opinion appropriately in these times when you can't get in the stadium and lots of fans feel that their hard earned cash has has been wasted? Ultimately, they feel that, that things aren't being run properly. How how should they voice that? And secondly, what's the what's the 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 benefit in in keeping on about this you know this is not how celtic fans behave is that stuff not all a bit disingenuous they are celtic fans and that's how they were behaving at the weekend and and beyond yeah gordon i don't like listen i i've been critical of neil for his selections and substitutions all the rest of it this call i'm making please gordon this is more crucial than football results this is more f- crucial this area i'm trying to deal with here than actually whether we win 10 in a row or not. This is about how we as a support come through this season. And what I want to say, please, Gordon, you cut me off again. I'm trying to make this point. It's really serious. I know, Gordon. Frank, but we're only here till 8 o'clock. You'd go on till midnight if you could. No, no, it's not midnight. We're only on about three minutes, Gordon. There's people go on for 10 minutes in this show. I'm no, I listen to the show every night. And I'm only asking for a couple of minutes. Hurry up, then. <laughs> right, Gordon. What we have is a manager who's put up with so much and stood by this beautiful football club that he loves. And he's done it for every Celtic fan also who's ever in the history of the club been abused and vilified. And he stayed with the club. He could easily have walked away, walked away easily. And nobody would have said tickety-boo, but he stood by it. And now we have a group of supporters who he gave the greatest, the greatest piece of respect, he went over with the trophies, put it in front of them and applauded them and, and praised them at the hill. And he, he's not asking for them, the, the Green Brigade to say, you should be the manager. Now, this is not about that. This is about respect. Respect for a man who's given 20 years of his life to Celtic. When they, No manager or player, captain, has ever been abused and, and given what he's been given and stood I, by I get, I get that respect point, Mark Guidi. I, I get that, and this is all about the, the, the line, if you like, as to what's appropriate from, from Celtic fans. And So I, I do get that, but at the same time, when does that... How does that come into the equation of should Neil Lennon still be the Celtic manager? Yeah, that, that's what I was wanting Frank to, to talk about because the second part there, it was just, it was, it was repetitive, he's already uh, said all that and we get the gist of it, you can sum it up, Frank's disgusted with a, Celt- a section of the Celtic supporters club for the way they're behaving and the way they're, they're treating the manager. I get that and I agree with Frank. But what I said at the, the, the top of the problem as well is um, you can still debate Neil Lennon, the, 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 the manager and, you know, What's going to happen next? He's been given until the 
the, the Old Firm game in January the 2nd uh, to see what he can do in the six games um, in between then. And, and it's in Neil's hands, you know. In one respect, it's good because I think we're always critical. We hate to see managers losing their jobs and sometimes, you know, boards can be trigger happy and, you know, two or three defeats and away you go. So in one respect, it, it, it's good. Um, in the other respect, it makes you think, is there a genuine uh, plan B? Um, you know, because if if you do sack Neil Lennon, where do you go after that? How do you sell um, the job? Because it's a hell of a job that they're going to um, take over. But Neil's in charge. And, you know, if you're a Celtic supporter, then you try and back him. You can't be in the stadium, but you try and back him and give him the best possible chance to be a success. But whether it's Neil Lennon or whether it's a new manager, uh, same set of players, or they do two or three things in the transfer window in January. For me, Gordon, it's irrelevant anyway. Rangers are going to win the league. Let's they bring are by in, far the better team. Let's bring in Craig, who's also a Celtic fan in Johnson. Hi, Craig. All right, there. How's it going? Not too bad, Craig. <laughs> What's your take on things at the moment? Um, I, I can understand the last caller's point there uh, about the fans, obviously, but I'm not going to go into that. I, I'm, I'm on the side where I don't see the point in sacking Neil Lennon because. You're going to bring in somebody new and you're desperate to win the tennis as a Celtic fan. I think that's the goal. I don't think anybody would say any different. So, say we sack Neil Lennon tomorrow. After after the Lille game, you sack him and you go and you go, Eddie Howe or Sean Maloney, it's been linked, I've seen linked today, or Paul Lambert. What are they going to do to try and win 10 in a row that's going to be different for Neil Lennon? A guy that, again, like the last call said, has been there for 20 odd years, stood by the club, came in when we were really needing the manager, stepped in and brought his to a treble treble and put his own away to get four trebles in a row. What, what is a, a new manager going to do differently than what Neil Lennon's going to be doing now? It's, it's, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's pointless. So, there's, so I'm a bit lost on that, Craig. Why does any team ever? Change a manager So there is no manager out there Who who would try something different From from Neil Lennon That's not me saying I think Neil Lennon should go But surely surely That's the whole point Of changing the manager People have different ideas Different approaches Different staff Different methods I, I can, No I can totally understand that But when you're this Well how many points Is it 14 points behind Rangers Or two games in hand To bring it down to seven Or whatever it may be 13 and Whatever it is But At the same point You've got a man That's trying his hardest And I can understand A, a new manager Coming in and changing it up But Neil Lennon's trying Different things And it just isn't working now For whatever reason Players have to get I don't know Get their finger out Their backside Because He's trying his hardest for them And they're no getting Etting back I mean Mark I've, I've heard that As, as well this is the yeah. problem though What do you do? You go in the Celtic dressing room And say by the way Get your finger out Oh we had You know As if that hadn't been thought of previously And as if that can, can just happen I'm, I'm guessing um, that, that we're beyond that stage now Yeah I mean The, the, the confidence looks Shot to pieces um, You know and, and you know It's a long way back uh, For Celtic Gordon Um as far as I'm concerned, you, know, you look at the league games that they've got, they should all be winnable. They've got a Scottish Cup final against Andy Halliday's Hearts um, a fortnight um, on Sunday and I think it's going to be a real push for Celtic to, 
to win the cup final um, as well the way that they're, they're playing and the way that, that, that confidence is um, just now um, but you know did they change the manager well they're not going to change the manager he's, he's there for the next six or seven games and then it'll be re- reviewed can they get somebody better in Neil Lennon I don't know but as I've said at, at the top of the show one thing that Celtic need to get back to sooner rather than later when it comes to winning football games is the manager whether that's Neil Lennon or somebody else has to be the most important guy at the football club when that is the case that gives you the best chance of being successful Andy in a general sense not necessarily all about Neil Lennon generally having been in dressing rooms we from the outside say that sometimes players just need a fresh voice and just any change sometimes can can flick a switch does that actually happen have you experienced that? It's difficult to say when uh, when you don't know what the sort of mood of the camp is. Um, it's inter- I take it. I, t- I think it was Daniel, the earlier caller, said that he sees it as a more a more psychological aspect from Celtic's point of view just now. I, I can understand that because in terms of the big thing for me is I don't think there's any doubt that Celtic players look devoid of confidence, just absolutely shattered their confidence just now. And um, you talk about a psychological aspect. Uh, aspect Neil Lennon's. I think he's already mentioned a couple of times that they've had a psychologist in to deal with the expectation and the the mountain pressure ten in a row. I think psychologically, when you when you're on a bad run of games, and he's spoke about having these meetings, the meetings have gone great. The atmosphere in the camps, you know, it's been buoyed after that. Then you're expecting a reaction within the game, but that's that's not coming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we, we spoke about it on Sunday. It, it, after the, straight away after a Celtic team loses to Ross County and gets put out a cup, the first cup defeat, and it was the thirty odd games. Straight away, as the next team going to Parkhead, you're thinking they're going to have their tails up. Like, there's going to be a, some sort of reaction to the. Yeah, you see after 15, 20, 25 minutes and, and you just get that feeling that St Johnson are just growing into the game, growing into the game. So that that for me is a big issue for Celtic just now that psychologically and confidence levels are, are destroyed. That being said, I, I think it only takes one result to change something like that. Whether it's a last minute winner, listen, well, obviously, unfortunately, unfortunately I don't think it happens. Whether it does mean beating us in the Scottish Cup final, so that, that's when they football had that does change. a couple of weeks ago though. And which you is what two you, goals down, you think that if anything's going to kick start them, yeah, it would be that. Which you did, which you did expect. And actually, I mm. thought it would have happened after the Aberdeen game yeah. at, at, at Hamden because I thought it's probably the first real time you've seen this Celtic mm. team play to, to anywhere close to the standard that they can. Right, they're going to kick on from here, and it's not happened. So psychologically, I think seems a bit a big issue just now. Okay, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Thank you to Craig Stephen Gerrard's not long finished his press conference ahead of the game against Lech Poznan tomorrow. We are going to let you hear from the Rangers manager next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday is here. Mark Guidi is alongside him, and it's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five for you to get. In touch We're on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB uh, Quite the, the fan club For Frank in, in Maryhill Gathering over there on Twitter I don't know if fan club Is the, the right phrase It's a club of some description yeah, yeah. Um, We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard very soon Let's speak to Stephen and Airdrie first He's been hanging on Hi Stephen Hi Gordon Hi Mark Hi Andy How's your point uh, tonight Stephen? Well I've never phoned Sunday And I've never phoned Monday To be honest I was just I really want to. Uh, I've took a couple of days, took a step back. That's as good a reason as any, Stephen, to be honest. I don't mind that. Well, you know me, I've been on the last, every, last few weeks shouting bomb over it. Now, first of all, the statement on Monday night, right? What that tells me, Peter Lawwell and the board not got a clue. 
No plan A, no plan B. That's why they say six weeks. Right? Frank's on there talking about how Celtic fans should stay by him and all that, right? Total tripe. At the end of the day, the guy had, for the last 12 games, has won two games out of 12 games as Celtic Football Club manager. Right? He overseen a game against Rangers at Parkhead where we didn't have a single shot on goal. In those two, the twelve game, last twelve games, how many times has he tried to freshen up the team and change it? Absolutely none. The players obviously are not playing from. The head of recruitment is obviously not doing a job. I heard Mark saying there about bringing a couple of signings. You want to give him ten bob, you know? Look at the money that they've spent. The board have backed them and spent in the summer. You've got a five million pound goalkeeper who can't catch a ball. You've got a £5 million striker who first of all took 20 games to try and get fit, still no fit, and can't score a goal. Last season they reverted to Edward and Griffiths up front. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, they should have done that. Still no. We Griffiths came on the Sunday and they actually brightened up the game a bit. You've got all these players like Sorrow and all that. Not a single one is getting a kick of the ball. We paid £3 million for Turnbull, who was outstanding for Motherwell. One of the players of the year in the league that we're playing in the new can he go in a park well Stephen I think you're going to get your wish uh, to an extent Neil Lennon speaking about David Turnbull Ishmael Asoro and Patrick Clamalla he says they'll get game time tomorrow in Europe well they might get game time in Europe tomorrow but they should have had game time three weeks ago he's done nothing to freshen this team up it's absolutely a disgrace and Frank and all that are on talking about all oh, the good times will come and all that. He, he must be watching a different football game to what I'm I was on here six weeks ago and says that Celtic were in a bad state. Guys have started coming on week on week and you will know yourselves it's been growing and growing and growing. We could beat off Ross County at Parkhead, right? Europe, we, we all knew we were going to beat there. Sunday there, as Andy says earlier on, Celtic should have got out there and won about 7 0. See, the thing is, though, let me put it to the, the panel, Stephen, because we're a little bit short on time, Andy. Some people might want even more change. I, you know, I can't legislate for that, and the Turnbull is a, is a good example. People want to see more of him. But the idea that the Celtic team hasn't been changed and hasn't been freshened up, it, it doesn't stack up. Look at the formations, yeah. look, at the, look at the personnel that have been used. Yeah, the, t- two of the points personnel and shape, both have changed, both haven't really worked. Uh, where I do take Stephen's point, where I do agree is. If I was Neil Lennon I'd, do, I'd be doing everything To get Lee Griffiths fit And whether It doesn't seem as if He feels as if He's fully fit and thin Whether I'd be trying To get him match fit By just playing him games Because I, th- I think When he does play He's a constant goal threat Which is not they, they don't really have that At the moment And I think uh, A lot of that A lot of that run That Celtic put on Obviously obviously after January last year Was down to the partnership At Edward and Griffiths Edward we don't, I, I think everybody can agree again We haven't seen the best of him This year But uh, maybe we are we are a run of games and a run of games our partnership with Griffiths can kickstart that. Mm. In terms of David Turnbull, it surprised me. There's there's been a lack of game time for him. Obviously, unfortunately, COVID, caught the yeah. virus, which which kept him out for obviously the two week period. But over even over over the course of the season, we've not really seen him kick a ball. And I think when he came on at mm. the weekend, it was a bright spark in the the ten fifteen minutes spell. I thought. Yeah, I think one one thing if you if you go back to last season where Celtic were successful in the second half, why was that? Because they found a partnership in Griffiths and Edward. That was one thing that maybe was a positive from Sunday for them, was when Griffiths did come off the bench. Him and him and Edward did one or two B moments. Yeah. 
uh, together. And uh, you know, but, but going with what you're saying, God, whose responsibility is it to, to get people fit or, or to address fitness? Neil Lennon the says, pe- all all the player, the, the staff player. ever take any responsibility oh, for that? And it's, fundamentally, it's down to the player. If you want to get yourself fit, you can get yourself fit. You shouldn't need to be told if you're playing at a club like Celtic how to get yourself fit. Absolutely not. It's all down to the player. Yeah, of course it is. It's uh, it's not only what he's doing on the training pitch; it's what you're doing away from the pitch that that gets you fit. But uh, at the same time, I, I I'd, I'd just I'd be that eager to get him on the pitch. I, I would give him a sixty minutes uh, at the weekend. I would give him a, a sort of runner a game just to try and get him up to speed quicker because I can it's, it's difficult for me to comment. I don't know how Lee Griffiths is training. I don't know what he's doing in training. But I can mm. I can only imagine that a sixty minute uh, cameo on Saturday is going to going to obviously speed up the process Okay, thank you to Stephen and Airdrie let's hear from Stephen Gerrard he says winning the the Europa League group would be a big achievement and he says the players will be keen to protect their unbeaten record although he says they're not guaranteed an easier draw even if they do finish top Whatever happens tomorrow and whatever happens in the draw uh, what will be will be I think always when you represent Rangers you want to finish first you know that doesn't necessarily mean you get an easier game when the draw happens you need a bit of luck in the draw of course you do, but when you get to the last 32 stage, uh, all the teams have done ever so well to get to that stage and they're all come with a high-level team. So I think if we're to win this group, it'd be a big achievement for everyone, you know, to keep the confidence and the belief rolling. You know, there's no one in the group that is coming here with the attitude or the mentality or we're already qualified and this is just another game. Um, people are desperate to play. Um, and I'm sure that we're going to want to protect the, the unbeaten run we're on at the moment oh, I cannot wait to see the back of Zoom press conferences I must admit It sounded like he was an underwater tunnel uh, Andy That incentive That idea of finishing top And how important it is What's the priority? Is it about that And just getting the, the absolute easiest possible route To go to go as far as you can? Um, or is there something a bit exciting About some of the glamour That might lie in wait? We saw Man United go out for instance yeah. last night If Rangers were to finish second in the group, you know, it could be a Man United. How good would that be for for everyone? I think it would be, but I do think that they, these glamour ties. I think the majority of the shine is taken away from it for the fact that you can't have uh, a full capacity stadium. Uh, even going into the game tomorrow, I think everybody would agree that Poland's always a, a hostile place to play. Uh, but without like Poznan having the backing of their fans, uh, remember the, the, the Legia Warsaw game last year. That was arguably the best atmosphere that I've uh, I've played in in, in my football career. The Atmosphere that the, the Polish fans generated that night was was incredible. But you know, going into that game tomorrow, it's just more a case of who performs on the night. Mm. And uh, I, I tipped Rangers to win the group when the draw was made, uh, blowing smoke up my my <laughs> own self just now. But it's it's more a it's more a just a, an indictment of where they are at the moment, the progress they've made in Europe, how well that Steven Gerrard's done within the football club, and and uh, the fact that they've done that with, with one game to spare. Mm. From a domestic point of view, is obviously a huge bonus as well. But I don't expect. Uh, I, I think they realise the importance. Of, I try to secure top spot in the group, so I, I don't expect many changes tomorrow. Night. How much importance would you put on maintaining an unbeaten run, Mark? Because it's not the end of the world. No. Rangers lose tomorrow; they're still through. But yeah. but but how important can that be for you know for for, for confidence for for uh, momentum for that to still be a thing? You know, once you get to January, yeah. February, even. Yeah, but the objective is to qualify and have qualified you then want to take it a stage further and win the group if you can stay unbeaten and it's not the be on end all if Rangers don't top the group and, and they lose their unbeaten run tomorrow night but it'll be important to Stephen Gerrard and, and his starting lineup and the players that he that he uses and there's no doubt it can't do any harm whatsoever 
uh, to top that group and, and come through unbeaten for sure Gordon I would like to see sorry I would like to see Rangers pitted up against an English side though within at some point in the competition because I would like to see I would like to see how they match up with, with, a, with a Premiership outfit and and you know, people that are playing what, what, down south. What would you if you had a, if you had to pick? Well, I'd pick Leicester. Yeah, I'd pick Leicester for the Brendan Rodgers factor. That and the fact that I fancy I, I put Rangers as favourites. Genuinely, I do. People might disagree, but and, and it will give me a chance to you know the you know, my my English friends for down south that I've played with that I've constantly bashing the Scottish league. It will give me a chance to to put one over on them. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. There's a sign ball up for grabs, but only if you can get past Mark Guidi or Andy Halliday. 0141 951 1025. The lines close at 7, so be quick. Your chance to beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here It's 0141-951-1025 to join in Or you can tweet at Clyde SSB We heard from Neil Lennon to kick off the show Lots of uh, contrasting views, shall we say Amongst the Celtic fans We heard a bit from Stephen Gerrard And we're going to hear again from the Rangers manager very soon So Rangers fans, good time for you to get in touch How are you feeling ahead of tomorrow? How much emphasis do you put on, on topping the group? Or is, is qualification enough for you? And have you started to have a wee look at what might lie in wait in the next round Let us know We'll do this first Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Beat the pundit time Your chance To win a signed ball And embarrass One of the pundits In the process Mark Guidi And Andy Halliday Are standing by And one of them Will be taking on Jonathan from Motherwell How's it going Jonathan? How are we doing guys Alright Not too bad at all You ever played before? Yeah, I've never played before, no Wise, wise tonight the night <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe I fancy my chances against Andy Halliday We oh, Celtic Rangers dodge match Right, okay he's, By the way, he's not as daft as he sounds Let me warn you, he's not bad yeah. at the pundit uh, But let's let's see what we've got Then I'll toss the coin If it's heads, it is Mark Guidi And if it's tails, you will get your wish True. And it is as well, lovely tails Andy Halliday up against Jonathan from Motherwell So let me give Andy some Clyde 2 to listen to just so that he can hear your answers Jonathan you've got 30 seconds Up against Andy And you can pass That's the secret If you don't know it Pass quickly And we'll move on to the next one Okay Okay Good man Your time 30 seconds starts now Who managed Dunfermline Hibs Scotland And then joined Celtic Oh pass Who beat Glasgow City In the Champions League This afternoon PSG Which Scottish pop group Sponsored Clyde Bank During the 90s what number is James Tavernier shirt? Um, two. What nationality is Celtic's Albina Yeti? Swiss. What is the name of St Johnson's home ground? McDermott um, Park. Who's currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Hamlin. Okay, let's bring Andy Halliday back. Andy, can you hear us? Yep. Right, same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who managed Dunfermline Hibs Scotland and then joined Celtic? Pass. Who beat Glasgow City in the Champions League this afternoon? Wilsburg. Which Scottish pop group sponsored Clyde Bank during the 90s? Pass. What number is James Tavernier's shirt? Two. What nationality is Celtic's Albina Yeti? Albania. What's the name of St Johnson's home ground? McDermott Park. Who's bottom of the Scottish Premiership? 
Who managed Scotland from 2009 to 2012? Craig Burley. And what town do Wraith Rovers play in? Craig Burley. What, what town? What town <laughs> do Wraith Rovers play in? Okay. Uh, what do you think, Jonathan? George Burley. Hey man. What do you think? I, I think he's beat me. You right. think so? What makes you say that? I don't know. I'd have a howler. Scottish pop band. What kind of questions that? I know. Producer Andy likes to throw in a wee curveball. See, once you hear a the howler. once you hear the answer, it's not that difficult. I, I think no. both of you, right? I, maybe I just read the question too fast or something. I think both of you just did a ridiculous mind blank with the first one, especially you, Jonathan. Who managed right. them? Fernland, Hibs, Scotland, and then Celtic. It was Jockstein. Right. <laughs> so none of you got it right You both panicked and, and passed uh, So it's nil-nil Who beat Glasgow City in the Champions League this afternoon? It was Sparta Prague And none of you got it uh, So nil-nil after two questions It is a curveball It's a bit left field But it's doable Which Scottish pop group sponsored Clyde Bank during the 90s? Ah, wait, wait, wait Wait, wait, wait Never got it No? No, no, a, no get, wait, wait, wait uh, No, no. There's there's a, Way past brilliant. my era Brilliant uh, there's, a, there's a great Kevin Bridges sketch About wait, wait, wait Being from Clyde Bank But I, I won't I won't go into it um, On a family show um, What number is James Tavernier's shirt? Is number two Finally After four questions You both managed to put something on the board One each What nationality Is Celtic's Albion A Yeti Swiss? Jonathan got it He goes 2-1 in front Let me tell you It seems like a good time Andy Haldy I don't think you've ever lost At Beat the Pundit Have you? No Okay you're 2-1 down at the moment What is the name of St Johnston's home ground McDermott Park You both got it You're 3-2 down Who is currently bottom Of the Premiership It's St Mirren Andy got it He equalises Who managed Scotland From 2009 to 2012 Craig Levine So it didn't matter That you got your Burleys wrong Um, So you need the last one To win it what town do Wraith Rovers play in? It is Kirkcaldy Jonathan oh. didn't get that far And he has pipped you Jonathan It was a minging start from both of you But Halliday finished stronger Hard lines Right, cheers guys Thanks very much Good man That was Jonathan in Motherwell uh, Gordon the, I don't know but Are you, gonna, you want a sure's inquiry About one no, of the questions here? Well I mean listen If I was Jonathan I'd be raising the fact That you gave Andy a second chance To get Kirkcaldy in He but, said Kirkcaldy no, but after he, he repeated himself a no, bit. No, but, no, but, no, no, but, no, but I anyway, started the question. That, I, I looked that. at you and thought, did I just say uh, Craig Burley? <laughs> apart from that, Jock Steen didn't manage Scotland and then Celtic. 1965, according to his Wikipedia, was that just a was that a brief oh, was spell? It or one game then or something? Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, that's the only thing I would say. Well, it was maybe he was appointed sort of, the, the uh, Scotland manager on a part-time basis in the spring of 1965, oh, well, taking charge well. of their attempt to qualify for the 66 World Cup. Ah, come on, okay. you've got it. Come on, if you're going no, to have no, a pop, you no, need to get your facts no, straight. Seriously, no, come on. That, that, that's that's fair enough. I'll 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 I'll, uh, that's I'll accept fine. that. That's good. Fair enough. Andy. Right. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five at Clyde SSB. On Twitter uh, Let's hear from William Who's a Rangers fan On the line William how are you feeling About tomorrow This idea of Of topping the group How important is that to you Um, How important I don't know I would probably also be more important If we hadn't already qualified But The way I see things It gives uh, Stephen Gerrard A chance to, to Mix things up And let's give other guys a go Um, I personally still think We're going to get a big We're going to get a big hitter And um when the draw comes out I think it'll be somebody like Man U it'll be somebody somebody that's not without a reach but it'll be a great test um, ironically if Stephen Gerrard got Man United I think he would actually be looking forward to it since his history with them with Liverpool but um, if we win 
it would be, it would be brilliant. It'd be phenomenal. It'd be phenomenal at the top of the group. It really would. Um, and I know we're top of the group because of head to head and the amount of goals scored. Yeah. Um, at home and away, but more importantly, I think the bigger thing is we, we know we are through, and without rubbing salt in the wound, Celtic are out to say it's a dead rubber. But the way the way they're treating, uh, what I can understand is the way the way the Celtic fans are towards Neil Lennon and. Celtic as a as a whole, I think I find that I think I'm flabbergasted by it. Why they're allowing Why they're allowing Neil Lennon to come out and defend the team? I mean, surely it should be somebody above uh, Neil Lennon that should be coming out and making all these statements instead of getting the manager putting him in the fire line to, fire line to deal with everything. Well, I think they have to be fair. I mean, there was a statement last week. Peter Lowell put his name to it. There was a statement this week backing. Neil Lennon But you know He's, he's the manager William he's, he's obliged to do Pre-match press conferences Post-match press conferences And the difficult thing When you're in a tough run Andy Is It's every couple of days Celtic are playing Every couple of days And you speak to Neil Lennon Before and after So there's no real way That he can escape this stuff Yeah exactly And uh, you know, Off the back of William talking about The game for Rangers Tomorrow as well It's Winning winning football games A brilliant habit I don't think Rangers Are what to get away from that no matter you know the significance of the game, no matter who they're playing, uh, and Celtic know fine well how how hard it is to get that that consistent mm. winning habit going. They've they've done it ever so well over the the past number of years. But like we spoke about going into the game tomorrow, so a, a Celtic team and the quality that it has got potentially going two wins in twelve. Yeah, Mark Williams talking about the idea of of getting a big hitter in the next round. Rangers are well placed; just need to match Benfica's result. That would see them top the group and avoid Man United then, because they would drop in as one of the. Yeah. Uh, one of the Champions League dropouts um, So There's Even the financial incentive When you get to this stage of Europe You, you get money for For winning games yeah. of football So uh, The list is pretty lengthy As to why you would want to top the group I, Listen it's, it's prestige it's, it's it's market value Steven Gerrard The whole bit The feel good factor Everything <coughs> Excuse me The finances As well But once you're in the hat Whether you're seeded Or you're not seeded um, It's the same with the Champions League That we're watching just now It's, it's the luck of the draw you know, you could, you could be unseeded and get you know one of the, the lowest seeds. Uh, you look at Scotland on pot three, and, and they've managed to avoid you know the, the real big hitters uh, in the draw on Monday after the World Cup. So it comes down to the lucky draw, and if you want to progress, you're eventually going to have to face good teams. So whether Rangers are seeded or not, they will face a good team um, in the next round, the last thirty-two of the Europa League. But regardless of the opposition, Gordon, I don't think Rangers will, will go in with 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 anything. To fear They'll go in feeling good about themselves And feeling that they've got a, a right good chance of progressing How much emphasis will Steven Gerrard place on Remaining unbeaten? Oh, I mean he, He's someone that what I'll say is he's, he, he loves his defensive records He loves his clean sheets So I think first and foremost We'll be wanting to continue that And and from a European standpoint Getting back to that Because that's been uh, That's been um, Five goals conceded in the last uh, Last two Europa League uh, Sorry Actually it was seven Europa League goals since he did in the last last three Europa League games so we would be desperate, uh, desperate to get back to the fine defensive form that they showed throughout the majority of the season but uh, I, I mean the, the team's qualified for the, for the group stage last year uh, finishing in second place he's always looking for improvement so I'm sure mm. it'll be hoping to secure that top spot uh, He will make changes and look to the future with his team selection he says Bongani Zungu will start Ryan Jack and Philippe Hollander have been left at home he wants to protect players who have been overplayed uh, let's hear from this Zoom press conference again. No, no injuries as such. Um, we've made a decision with Brian Jack and Philip Hollander just to be a bit more patient and try and get them ready for the weekend, but they've progressed really well. 
um, I think it'll be quite clear as a model that we will make decisions for the future. We think it's a really important night uh, for a lot of different reasons. You know, I'm not going to change the whole team for sure, but uh, there will definitely be um, changes from the weekend. So this is another interesting game for us. As I say, I'll give people an opportunity tomorrow, save individuals and be working ever so hard and being patient. And that will allow me to protect a few who have maybe overplayed in, in recent games. I think obviously I'll give one, one of my team selection away tomorrow by Ungari sitting next to me. So I'm really looking forward to him playing from the beginning. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for him. So we see this as a big game, an important game. Um, and it's a game we're looking forward to. You're looking forward to seeing Bongani Zungun from the start, William? No, definitely. Definitely. As I say, Rangers can, they can take somebody down and replace them, and you, you genuinely wouldn't see any difference in them. And I think that's the big thing. Um, as I said to the, uh, the producer tonight, when I was trying to call in earlier, um, the way I see things, Laurie, the stalwart Celtic man, and I was listening today, when I don't get to listen, I listen the following day on the catch up. Um, and he was saying about taking his hat off to Rangers about sticking by Gerard, and even though he's not won anything, I, I genuinely feel in my heart of hearts that Rangers were never going to let Gerard go anyway because he never came into the job as a rookie, first first time managing a team, especially the size of Rangers. Stephen knows exactly the size of the club, but I think more so now he realises how big we are. Um, but the thing is, we were never going to get rid of Gerard, whether he won. Two cups, one cup, no cups. Didn't make any difference. They brought him in to build something. And it's coming to fruition now, if you look at it. But a team where it doesn't matter who gets injured, somebody that replaces that person who is injured at that time, you wouldn't notice any difference in them. Yeah, what, that's football a, and everything. It's amazing. That's a fair point about the changes. It's one that, that people have been full of praise um, about Rangers for this season. What, what do you read into the inclusion of Bongani Zungu, Andy? Because he... Um, let, try to put it politely Because he, I'm not saying for a second He's a bad player Far from it But but he's new And he's, he's a bit more untested Than some of them If this was a A must win Biggest game of your season He wouldn't play Is is, is his inclusion Trying to To sort of find that line Between Steven Gerrard Of of using the fact That they're already through And of course Still trying to win And win the group anyway I think it's a case I think it's a case of, It's a player that he was chasing For a period of time but due to the success and the performances of the players that are in the team, he's v- he found it very difficult to to put him in. Uh, he obviously put him in for the start against Falkirk a couple of weeks ago. Can you really judge uh, a new signing in a game where you know, you've got eighty ninety percent possession? You're very comfortable. You're winning four 0 So this is a this is a good chance to to put him in for the start and, and see what he's made of and see. You know, hopefully he can show the qualities that have led to Stephen Gerrard trying to bring him into the football club. Let's bring in Mark in Port Glasgow. Same to you, Mark. Topping the group out, how much of a priority is that for you? Hey, even Gordon, how are you doing, boys? Andy, uh, Mark, as well. Just, I, I think it, it seems Gerard's done a fantastic job, my opinion, guys, and just unfortunate, just unfortunate, especially over the last few weeks with the, you know, all <clears throat> the trouble Celtic seems to have. I don't think Stephen Gerard and the Rangers team get the credit they probably really deserve. You know, in my, in my opinion, Beating some of the European giants, I saw getting good results against some European giants. Like Benfica and you know Galatasaray, eh, Porto last year, um, the twenty-five game unbeaten run, eh, the squad he's built. You know I don't forget that when we we seen Pedro Coutinho standing in a bush, 
Men vi kan blive af progress. Har du forgæret at tage? Har du hængt andet forgæret der ejer? En til kom har vi far vi came in two and a half years. You know, there's nothing short of phenomenal. In, in my opinion, you know, the football we're playing, you know, we play quick passes, the combination plays around the box. I think he's done a fantastic job, mate, and I don't think, I don't think his team gets the credit that they, they probably deserve, in my opinion. I think everyone is giving them credit, Mark. Um, the last couple of weeks has clearly been dominated by what's going wrong. At Celtic Although to be fair Mark a lot of your fellow Rangers fans Seem to be not minding that And, and quite enjoying it Dare I say Looking at some of the tweets That I get on here um, But I suppose that There is a bit of merit In what Mark's saying Rangers achievements Might be just Going a little bit More unnoticed Than they otherwise would Yeah but you know what Stephen Gerrard And the players Have absolutely delighted About that And if you, if as I've said If you listen to Stephen Gerrard's um, You know press conferences Mark you know Even though they're on This fantastic run this season You know the key words Stay humble One game at a time And as I said He's learned from last season And so have the players And that's why they are So focused That's why they're doing Well They've learned from things That they should have done Better last season And they've implemented them uh, This season You know Managing Alfredo Morelos Better Off the park Not letting him be You know Disrespectful to the management Or his teammates All those sort of things Have all Put into the, the mix But the fact that Steven Gerrard's Maybe not getting I think I think they have had praise Certainly in this show um, Rangers have been praised and I mean, But he'll be delighted That it's going slightly Under the radar I know it's a small example But they're winning Every monthly award going yeah. Everybody's noticing it It's just that the headlines Are going to be about The, well, yeah. the, the I mean, If you want to be more specific Martin In what way do you think They're not received The, the credit they, they deserve I just I, I, I mean I have heard you guys On here certainly Um you know, given given praise, um, I think it's probably possible in a level of praise that you know, I, I you know, as I said, back to 2012 when we were in the real dark days, and then to come to where we are now, and then in two and a half seasons, what Gerard's built, I think it's probably the red top. Some of some of the you know the newspapers that I read, or you know you look at, I don't, I think there. I don't think they're buying any what Gerard's done. I see he's only a, he's a former newspaper man, so he's he's not that he's not that bothered about it anymore. Um, no. Mark Weedy. But also as well, the one thing to remember, and as much as I think Rangers are going to win the league, and every chance Rangers are going to win the treble, nothing's been won yet. Yep. So that's got to be taken into account. Everything's good. That's going in the right direction. Mark, you're talking about maybe praise. The real praise comes when you actually put put trophies into the cabinet. Andy, is that not right? Mark yeah, says, exactly. sorry, Mark on the line says. Um, the, 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 the sort of barometer If you like Or the, the chapter To show how far they've come Is, is Pedro in the bush He says Andy won't you, you, you away I was at that point On that point I, But I, I, I watched the game I, I was actually on a A coach Travelling to our Europa League game In Azerbaijan and, uh, Yep And Rangers was, uh, was the early Off kick off against Progress And I was in disbelief uh, Obviously The fact they got knocked out Of the competition At that point and Well nobody's interested In that bit What did you make When you saw the manager In the bush What did I make Yeah <laughs> I mean how can you comment A Rangers manager Arguing with the fans Standing in a bush it, it speaks for itself Does it not uh, But um, No Mark, Mark's got a couple of Interesting points Regarding Stephen Gerrard there, there was a few murmurs A, a minority I, I must say Of Rangers fans last year That thought maybe His time at Rangers Was up discontent Yeah definitely was, yeah. But uh, I think that The fans The manager And the players Realised that This year A, a trophy was Was a necessity It was a must uh, They, they realised that no, the the manager had brought progress to the uh, to the players, the 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 results, the the club. But 
that may that major silver we still hadn't been brought back to the football club in this year. It was a must have, and obviously they're on a they're on a great start in the competitions they're playing in. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Mark Beattie. And so as you say, that my good friend Andy Cameron's texted me just to say. Big Jock did manage Scotland in both qualifiers for the night. There we go. He knows so his he stuff. Italy home and away, and he played. Look, so he's played Ron fill. Yates at centre forward in Italy, if I remember correctly. Hope the you're Craig, safe, remember. And you too, Andy. Look the, forward to seeing you. Did Craig Burley manage in 2009? <laughs> <laughs> he did not. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Thank you uh, to the previous callers. We've got a cracking full time teaser. Uh, what about this? Just to change. Topic slightly of course If you want to keep the calls coming on Rangers And Celtic's troubles That's absolutely fine What about Billy Gilmore? Did you see him Man of the match performance In the Champions League last night And I think you know what question's coming What about the Euros? What does he need to do between now and then To be part of Scotland's squad? Is it automatic for you? Are you just including him regardless? Have you got concerns about Potential lack of football between now and then? Would you urge him to go on loan? What does Billy Gilmore need to do To be Involved in the Euros next summer Let us know 01419511025 We'll get the teaser next as well 01419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Greedy and Andy Halliday are here It's 01419511025 on the lines I asked you just before the break Just to change tack slightly Of course if you want to keep your calls coming on Celtic and Rangers in Europe tomorrow Let's do it um, but Billy Gilmore, man of the match performance in his first Champions League start last night. Uh, wondering what you think he has to do, if anything else, to be included in the Euros. Does he go automatically for you? Or is there a concern about perhaps lack of football between now and then? You let us know on the phones. I've got a good teaser for you too, right? I think you'll mm. like this. It's going to take oh. a bit of thinking. Mm. Since the beginning of the 04-05 season, seven players have scored hat-tricks in an English league and... In a Scottish league And are still active players In the aforementioned leagues So obviously it's the top four divisions um, Since the beginning of the 04-05 season Seven players have scored a hat-trick in England And a hat-trick in Scotland They're still active um, in these leagues right. Jermaine Defoe Yes, well done Stephen Dobie one? He is not one, no Good question. That's a really good question. It goes without saying. It won't all be Premier League. You know, you might have to think of the 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 goal scorers who've done it in other divisions. Any more that spring to mind? Let me see if there are any former teammates of yours on here, Andy. Giving anything away just yet? Cummins. No. Patrick Roberts. No. Good question though Okay we'll leave it there Gary Hooper No No we'll leave it That's a surprising one actually No not according to The crazy pony Who sent it in Oh I've got one Scott Sinclair No 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 Since the beginning of the 0405 season Seven players have scored hat-tricks In an English league game And in a Scottish league game Not scored a hat-trick with Celtic No They're still active These players as well Ah he is Preston Yeah There's one that's one of these has done it in the top flight in both So I thought that would make him the kind of easiest I mean English Premier League hat-trick And a hat-trick up here In our top flight Paducah No, 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 no It's no. 0405 oh, okay. Yeah. okay, okay, okay Oh, a uh, Oh, in the top Oh, in the, oh no, he's not Because he's, he's, he's retired um, Who? I was going to say one of Chris Commons No but he's retired. Um, 
Somebody Alright I'll leave it there We'll leave it there 01419511025 in the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. We've got a bit of Champions League football on at the moment, um, which which got me thinking. Uh, Billy Gilmore last night, Andy, what did you make of him? Outstanding. Uh, just an incredible, intelligent football player. Um, and I think the trust that Frank Lampard's shown in him since he's since he's been in the manager at the football club just shows how good a football player he is. And you know, uh, I think what you what you've seen in spots and spells last night as well as even for his size. He's still got a physical presence about him. He's still uh, determined and dogged enough to put himself about and, and put himself into, into difficult situations. And, and, and he done that when he was training in the first team at 15 year old. So, uh, so he got that streak. It's not just about what he does yeah, on the ball. He's got that streak because listen, he, we've we've heard so many stories of people are uh, back in the day with so much talent, but there's always been a question about their height and their physicality, especially when they're playing in, in a man's mm. league and man's football. But no, he's he's uh, he's got that bit about him. He's um he's a good boy as well. He's, he's someone that I would absolutely no doubt whatsoever will would go to the top level and continue to to uh, to play at the top level. And for me, you know, if you're asking the question, does he does he get into the squad for the Euros in the summer? For me, it's a must. It's not even a question of does he. Uh, the bigger question is who does Steve Clark then leave out? Because I I can imagine that that will be a uh, a difficult decision to make. Mm. But he's a once in a generation talent. And they don't come around often, especially in Scotland. So for me, he's an absolute must to go. So there's no, there's nothing that would change your mind in terms of the next six months if he uh, finds game time no, hard to it, come if, by. I mean, if he doesn't play a game, then I, I, I would, I would argue that he, he, he can't go because he'll be obviously nowhere near match sharpness or match fitness, especially to play in a, a tournament of that magnitude. But I, I've absolutely no doubt whatsoever that he's going to play games for Chelsea from now to the end of the season. Frank Lampard's shown in in a few occasions already in his short, his short uh, professional career that he's, he's, he's more than willing to put him in and you know league games against Everton Champions League games last night cup games against Liverpool so he's obviously got that trust in him so I've no doubt he's going to play games and if he does and he stays fit to, touch wood that uh, he's, he's got to go for me There was a suggestion last night Mark it, listening to Frank Lampard it certainly sounded like he there wouldn't be a loan and it would be him mm. growing with us I'm sure he said was it growing with us at Chelsea Six months The next six months really Are, are all going to be about that, that race There's, There'll be some members of that squad That are nailed on Yeah But is, is he the Is he the kind of standout Uncapped player you think That, that has a, a chance Yeah I, I would love to see him In the Scotland squad um, In the summer And, and I'd agree with Andy I, I, I would put him in you know, We think he gets some game time I think that with Billy Gilmore What it'll be is Frank Lampard Might want to get one or two Out the door before he gets Billy Gilmore and, and if he can't He might say Well look I'll let the boy go But the way he's playing For Chelsea uh, Just now I can't see Frank Lampard Letting him go He's got far too much To up I mean, He's not He's not in the team Last night Or playing You know last season As a sympathy vote He's in there Because he's a proper player I don't see him Chelsea uh, Letting him go uh, Yeah I, I, I'm the same Like I said I'm very confident That that uh, Frank, Laff- uh, Frank Lampard Will give him more than Enough game time From now to the end Of the season And and let him continue to showcase his talents for for Chelsea. So, yeah, it's uh, would it would it be a good uh, obviously signing loan signing for Rangers? Of course it would. But you know, a midfield for for Rangers is looking pretty strong right now as well. Scotland's midfield's its strongest area. Yeah, also, yeah. how does Billy Gilmore stack up in I suppose ability first and foremost, and stylistically as well. Potential He's got more potential Than, than every midfielder On the Scotland squad uh, What he doesn't have Is the experience And the And the you know, the, the big games experience That a lot of these players have and, uh, and what we've said Numerous times before Steve Clark seems as if He's a very loyal manager And, 
and these midfielders for Scotland have done extremely well for him in the in big games over the past few weeks and months. So, uh, if he's in the squad, will he play every game? Don't know, but no. Having a glance at the the, the last squad, no, there was three left backs in it. There was six forwards in it when you're playing one up front. So it's not necessarily got to be a midfielder that's going to drop out the squad. I do think that's the most difficult thing is if if there's a place for Billy Gilmore who's going to be left out and it's going to be a difficult decision. But for me, he's he's got to go. And in terms of like, like style then or, or what he would bring, yeah. does he do different role, different job or different strengths to what we've got? I think he, he's a, he's someone that can, can break into the box and get a goal, but I see him more as a, a sort of dictator of play, someone that can tr- control the pace of a game and, and control the tempo. You see in flashes last night that you know even when he gets the, gets the ball in tight areas, he can regularly self out, but when he's got time and space, he's always looking forward. He's always trying to play passes into his, um, his front three and his attackers and I think you know, looking at Scotland's potential games going into Euros, it might be a you know a, a typical Steve Clark performance where you know you try and soak up as much mm. pressure as possible and hit teams on the counter attack. But when you win possession back, you've got to make that possession count. You've got to be positive in that possession to play forward and find a Scotland jersey. And that's something you could do extremely well. Yeah, I guess you can't um, underestimate the, the other side of it, Mark. That, that sometimes you need things to kind of go in your favour. Frank Lampard's priorities. Chelsea and, and what they do you know he I'm sure he would love to see Billy Gilmore at, at the Euros but that, that's just not his his main concern no, you know he, and, and the other thing to remember as well Steve Clark and Frank Lampard have got a good working professional relationship and I'm sure he'll take a bit of guidance as well you know he'll trust his own eye his own judgment but he'll also get a, an insight from from, uh, from Frank there but I think you know six months from now seven months from now it all points towards um, Billy Gilmore uh, being a part of it Yeah Alfie West agrees He says he should be brought in For the World Cup qualifiers I suppose that That, that would be the next one then If, you, if you're going to the Euros we three, in March, I think yeah. we've got three games before That's that right. Yeah three games Is that where the clue would actually lie Rather than out of nowhere For the for the summer Yeah I mean you'd like to think It'd be, it'd be brought in to be um, A part of it you know, It's the start of a World Cup campaign So if he is one of the The informed um, midfielders And there's no reason why um, he won't be Then yeah I think he, he would be a part of the squad For the triple header Okay let's. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that on the phone You can do that 01419511025 uh, Let's bring in Tommy Who is in Greenock What's on your mind tonight Tommy? Hey, um, just a four a game of points I'm not going to make a, 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 Something that happened yesterday Might be a wee prediction At a moment I'm into the boobies just a bit And there's a horse called Neil the Legend right. And it won at 9-2-1 Okay what's the omen for? Well 9-2-1 Neil the legend. Is this some sort of so it's a new legend? Nine to one. So you're thinking, I mean, Celtic have got their nine, other Rangers will get the one. I don't know. Just saying. Right. I, I, <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> you, had me, you had me lost, I must admit. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I would just urge you to gamble responsibly, Tommy. Don't now go right. betting on football because of the name of a horse. <laughs> like, I can't have that in my conscience. Right. Well, we've got my points there. Right? Um, I just think that they've been Celtic have been guilty a wee bit of naivety and no want to spend money because they brought Neil in as a as a stand-in caretaker manager, and it should probably remain like that. That they probably thought it took their eye off the ball and didn't they think Rangers were going to try and stop the ten in a row and went all out and spent a few bob and get good players in. And Celtic probably thought they'd a strong enough team without having to spend it anymore and were loyal to players that was there and helped them to get to nine. And I think it's come back to bite them. Mark, naive is the word Tommy used to describe Celtic and he says things have come back to bite them. 
I, well, I mean, this, things are not going well. So I mean, you, you, they, they can be stand accused of of, of all sorts. I, mean, I don't know if Tommy's a Celtic fan or not, but whatever they want to accuse. For me, you asked me in the program last week, um, Gordon. You know, what do you think was the trigger point? Where did this kind of malaise stem stem from? And I said it was down to the the, the goalkeeping situation, the, the way the club um, handled that, and uh, you know, one of the other callers blamed. Nicky Hammond um, for that but Nicky ha- Hammond's not responsible for keeping players or sorting out contracts and Celtic had two good goalkeepers on their books um, at the end of the season um, so look there, there can be a number of different things um, aimed at uh, the club and there's lots of different uh, opinions on it but the bottom line is whatever the way you want to look at it it's not good enough but apart from that Rangers are just absolutely flying at the moment and there doesn't look like there's going to be any stopping them do you agree with that side of it, Tommy? You see things changing? I, I, but, well, no, I don't see things changing because what I said, look, when you've got somebody that's fractured a Brendan Rodgers and you bring in new, understand, bring in a new for a, for a stopgap till you get to the end of the season. I mean, the league was won by that time they brought in new. You don't go back the way you, you try and get somebody of the calibre of Brendan back in again, especially when you're going for 10 in a row. You know, so the people were caught up in the hype. They won the nine and everything was rosy in the garden. But was it really, you know? Uh, well, I don't know, Tommy. How did you feel? You know, come you know August when the season kicked back off again. But did you did you see this coming? Did you think Rangers were going to win the league? Well, not really, because I'm 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 neither a Rangers or a Celtic supporter. But I just right. thought, um, you know, you bring in a guy to, to to fill in a gap, and that's the way it's stayed. I'm never a believer of bringing anybody back to a club, whether it's a player or a manager. I always think it turns out wrong. But but and on, on to flip that though, Tommy. Um, what is what is Neil Lennon won? Gordon's at five trophies available to him, and he's won the five of them. Was it four? And the Scottish Cup would be the fifth. I can't remember. But every trophy, apart from losing to Ross, Ross County uh, last week, but everything that's been available to him, he's he's won for Celtic since, since he returned to take over from Brendan Rodgers. The league, I still don't agree with the way the league was settled last year. They were kind of handed the league. No, um, I think I think that I think you've got a um, a point uh, there about it. You know the way that was all handled. You know, I do take your point on that. I mean, it was one though. You know, yeah, it's factually. Line, it's, it's I, I get, I get the, the, the sort achieved, of, yeah. I get the, the feelings that that um, that stirred up in people. But 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 it was one. All right, thank you very much to Tommy in Greenock. Um, right, there's all sorts of stewards' inquiries on some of these answers on the teaser. I think the, the reason the crazy pony sends a lot of questions in, and he's oh, usually pretty trustworthy. Yeah. So I just blame him. I'm looking at Scott Sinclair, for instance. He's got a hat trick in the playoffs. Playoff final, aye. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe that's why. Uh, that one's that one's player. not that one's not in. Mm. Um, so since Still, since we'll give you as a wee bonus, no, 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 but no, since no, the beginning no, of the o four o five season, seven players have scored hat tricks in an English league and a Scottish league, and are still active players in these leagues. You've got Jermaine Defoe, uh, John McGinn, no, nope. a current teammate of mine. See an answer, Stephen oh. Nesmith. Honestly, imagine you hadn't got that. Yeah, I remember his hat trick as well, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Forever, Hattrick wasn't it? Chelsea, Took you longer than I expected. You got one for Hearts against St Mirren. Well done, Stephen Naismith. Lee Griffiths? No, again, not according to the I'm pony. Just trying to think of the, the significance of 0405. So that was Alec McLeish's Rangers team and Martin O'Neill's. You're going to have to think Celtic out. You're going to have to think out with Celtic and Rangers Scott as well. Scott Vernon won. No. There's another ex teammate of yours, Andy. I'll leave that with you. We'll get the answers next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here. We're asking them the following question 
on the teaser It's quite a tough one tonight And loads of you are taking part We're asking for seven players since the beginning of the 04-05 season Who've scored hat-tricks in an English league and a Scottish league Top four divisions only, obviously And they are still active players in those leagues So you've got Jermaine Defoe Who did it pff, many times He's got a few for Tottenham He's even got one for Sunderland He's got two for Rangers um, You've got Stephen Naismith Who Andy Halliday tells us during the break there That every time he's on the show He gets the teaser And then he takes it into Stephen Naismith the next day And he likes to ha- t- he likes to, to give it a go So he'll be delighted that he's one of the answers Delighted yeah. that he's an answer But you did say there was an ex-teammate of mine There's actually two ex-teammates of mine Alright, okay Well, I'll, I'll decide If there's two ex-teammates well, Number one uh, Martin Wycombe Yes, well done Got one for Rangers against Morton uh, Two for Rangers One against Livingston One Morton And he's got one for Derby as well Well done Yeah, and the second ex-teammate um, At Livingston Mark McNulty Ah, brilliant Well done He, uh, he got hat-tricks for sure. Livingston uh, One for Portsmouth A couple for Coventry as well So we're nearly there now You've only got Well, three to get um, they're very much in the How do I describe Right the only clue I'll give you is None of them are Scottish Oh right None right. Scottish So They've either Started up here and then Gone down the road Or sort of We spells about Adam Rooney No That's not a bad shoot Well I mean It's as good as a wrong answer <laughs> can be You know what I mean Alright okay Three to get And I would be thinking sort of one of these guys actually the, the team that he got his Scottish hat trick for is not even in the top two divisions anymore. I'll leave that with you. Right, oh one four one. Is um Connor Salmon? No. No. Right club. Falkirk. Falkirk. That's the clue. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five Simon. Is a Kilmarnock fan on the line Some big news coming out of St Mirren and Kilmarnock today They are to fight against the SPFL's decision To make them forfeit games And they are raising appeals with the Scottish FA Simon, what's your take on that? Are you confident of overturning that decision? Uh, hi guys, hope you're all well um, Actually I'm quite confident um, And there's quite a few reasons for that I do believe that we deserve to be punished in some way if we, as we had seemed to admit, that we didn't have the correct procedures in place with regards to social distancing on buses and at meals. However, I think the reason why we'll win is, for one, Billy Bowie's not a dumb man. You don't make the amount of money he has in business by going down any ventures that are a bit silly. Um, so he'll have spoke to lawyers and he'll have seen, you know, what's the chances of us being successful with this appeal. And I think the re- one of the reasons why is that there was no set, you know, sort of fines or punishments in place at the start of the season. If we'd all the clubs had agreed to that at the start of the season and said, yep, yeah, listen, that's fine. Before the ball's kicked, if this happens, the 3-0 forfeiture's fine. Uh, you know, we'd have no leg to stand on. But that wasn't the case. And the other thing is, I, I agree with Gordon, who's mentioned quite a couple of times, that the situation with Aberdeen and Celtic is different to the situation with Kilmarnock. But I don't think it's quite as different as everybody seems to be making out because the reason why the Aberdeen and Celtic were told that they couldn't play the fixture because the government told the joint response group that uh, Aberdeen weren't allowed and Celtic weren't allowed to fulfil those fixtures. Kilmarnock were, to- Kilmarnock were told by NHS Ayrshire and Aaron that we weren't allowed to fulfil the fixtures. Alex Dyer said in a, in a press conference, we were, we were happy to play the game. We would have played the game if it was possible. But we were told by a government body who told the GRG that we couldn't play the game. So, yeah, is that, but that's because Simon, that you, you couldn't, you didn't have the numbers because they had to to self isolate. 
Yes, because we were told that the whole squad had to self-isolate, yeah. whereas, whereas you know, it would have just been... The way it mm. could have been was it could have been just the eight players and we still would have been able to fulfil the fixture that way if it was just the eight yeah. players to self-isolate. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's fair. Yeah, I, I do get that distinction, to be fair. Um, Simon's pretty confident, Mark, and he's, he's actually made a pretty good case in terms of acknowledging that Kilmarnock uh, did wrong. But he, he just thinks that the... The nature of that punishment might might get overturned. What's your, what's your own take at that? Without knowing the absolute uh, kind of legal well, detail, I, I would imagine you know, as Simon says, any clubs that they'll look at it and they know there's an expense involved, and they wouldn't want to give false hope or waste money if they didn't feel. But the bottom line is, you know, they're fighting for three points. St. Man, they're fighting for six points, um, and if they feel they've noticed something. That gives them a, a glimmer of hope. Then that you know they're going to go and pursue it. Yeah, Andy. I mean, the clubs were f- charged essentially, or the, the panel ruled that they failed to maintain social distancing rules on coaches and in pre-match meals. Um, and of course, the one for Saint Mirren. This doesn't apply to Simon's Kilmarnock, but it was this this car sharing idea. Now I know that you, much to your frustration, are along the MA every single morning on your Todd. There'll be a few guys from from Glasgow who who make that journey, but at the moment that's. Not happening. Yeah, but you realise that the, that's the procedure in place, and there's a there's obviously a, an extremely valid reason that it's there. Um, that's why I I just think that from you know Saint Mun's point of view, it's it, there's no excuse for that. that it's, in my opinion, that's sort of procedure one hundred and one. That um, you know don't don't car share. And I think the investigations reported there was you know up to four people in the one car. So you're just you're not going to get away with that. And uh, obviously the punishments there and, and deservedly so in terms of Kilmarnock do feel for them a little bit more uh, in terms of the distancing within you know, team meals and, and changing rooms obviously I, I don't know how close they've been or for, or for how long a period of time but you know, I'd imagine that uh, for example for a team meal that uh, you know the seating arrangements are already in place all you do is just go into your team meal you get your food and you sit down at the seat that's there so I, it's difficult for me to know but it, to, mm. to comment sorry without knowing the, know the, the full length of the investigation but of course they obviously see that there's maybe a little loophole in, in there and that's why they're appealing. Final word to you, Simon. Yeah, um, like I say, I don't think... I, I wouldn't have a problem with the fine. I know the fine suspended. I wouldn't have a problem with the fine. Uh, I think it's just the severity of it and I think that's why it might get overturned. Do you have a moment if I could have a quick chat about the game on Sunday, if that's all right, if you for it. a second? Absolutely. Um, see, I'm not, I'm not one of Alex Dyer's biggest fans. I think that his appointment was a bad one. I think that's been drawn out by the season. I don't think we're performing as well as we should. But the worrying thing for Celtic fans is that I've never seen Kilmarnock fans so confident about going to Parkhead. On Twitter, on social media, on the forums and things like that, all my friends on the group chats, whenever you see that, they're actually predicting that we're going to go and win. And I think we've only won once there since the 1960s. And that was under Kenny Shields. And that is worrying for Celtic fans, but in the same breath, it has been really funny listening to your show from a from a non-Rangers or Celtic perspective and hearing the meltdowns from Celtic fans because they've suddenly, you know what, they've only won the last 12 trophies and that's not going to go on, they're not going to win the 13th. It's, it seems like, you know, we support Kilmarnock, your fans support smaller teams. I genuinely don't believe Celtic fans would last a month supporting a smaller team. Uh, because the sort of things that they're going on and they're dealing with, you know, goes on every week. If Kilmarnock fans started saying they were going to withdraw, withhold their money for season tickets because they only won two games in 12, you know, I know it's a completely different situation, a different bigger club and things like that, but 
you know, we would never have any season ticket money. We'd never have anything like that. Nobody would ever support us. That's the thing you said. I think you said it yourself, Gordon, uh, on yesterday's show. That's what you sign up for when you become a football fan. You don't expect nothing's always going to be roses. It's not always going to be be perfect. But you sign up for that. You know that you've got to take the good times for the bad. Yet the manager's not doing well. He's probably out of his depth at the moment. But you know the way you're acting. You know it's, it's just it's just so sad to see and. You know, also funny from a non-Celtic perspective. So I actually think we'll we'll actually get a result on Sunday, despite despite Kilmarnock being not fantastic at the moment. And we I think need to keep eleven men on the pitch, though, Simon. I was there on the oh, Saturday at Hamilton Ackies, and that's one thing you've got to do. And actually, even though it was ten v eleven, Kilmarnock played well. I thought Eamon Brophy caused uh, Hamilton a few problems. They've been good um, at that this season. Yeah, they have. Men. So that that's one thing. Alex Dyer was at uh, Celtic Park on Sunday. Um, uh, I saw him there. So look, I think any team going to Celtic Park just now would feel they can go and they could go and get some, but it'll need to take a hell of an effort. Thank you very much, Simon. Maybe we'll catch up with you soon once this uh, outcome gets announced. Make sure you get back in touch. That was Simon. I'm giving you as long as I can on this teaser because you've got three to get. I'm struggling. And I'm struggling. Falkirk. So you've yeah. not got the Falkirk connection. No, I, I mean, I, I, hey, what if I told you he played not only for Falkirk up here but for Partick Thistle as well? Oh, um, Lyle Taylor. Yes, Lyle, Lyle Taylor. Taylor. Okay. Um, Hibs Up here And Bradford Down there That would be your connection That you're looking for No Still not Not landing Bradford Mm-hmm Do you know what I don't actually remember him Making that much of an impact up here uh, But when he went back down the road He's turned into a, a, a Pretty good He's at Bradford at the moment But Birmingham Would be Think where he probably scored his most high-profile oh, goals. Oh, um, John, John Collins mm, signed him. Yeah. Uh, um, give, give me the initials. C D. Oh, Clayton Donaldson. Yeah. Clayton Donaldson. Yeah. Well done. Someone got that on Twitter actually. Craig Brilliant Miko. Shout. Great yeah. shout, Clayton Donaldson. Yeah. He said, right in the last one, the hardest by a mile. I mean, I'd have got that. I'd, I'd have scooshed this one, yeah, which tells you all you need to know. Motherwell. Motherwell and Oldham, and he's now at Crew. So we're talking 2008 Can there so that be would many be, Motherwell Oh behave yourself There have been plenty um, Sort of Mark McGee's first spell At Motherwell Round about then John Sutton No No he's still um, Not Chris Humphrey Can he be um, You've got the right first name uh, Chris <laughs> Chris <laughs> Tall gangly striker Oh yes I remember him Quick! He was going to sign for the Quick! United, he signed for the that one go. What is it, Chris? Porter. Chris Porter, yes. Thank you, Mark Guidi and Andy Halliday. We're back tomorrow at six with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. Callum Gallagher's up next. <laughs>